This is a Federal News Network podcast. Federal agencies are among the users of and contributors to a data consortium tracking the coronavirus organized by retail traffic company SafeGraph. It's making data available about foot traffic to researchers all for free. Joining me with what's going on, SafeGraph's marketing director, Nick Singh. Mr. Singh, good to have you on. Thanks for having me, Tom. Tell us about this consortium, and then we'll get into what SafeGraph does. But you have a consortium all contributing data to this effort? Yes. We have a consortium of about 1,000-plus organizations, including governments at the city, state, federal level, and academics from about 80 different universities who are all using different data sets, including free data sets from SafeGraph, to help fight coronavirus. And SafeGraph's own data sets sound interesting. Tell us about those. Sure. SafeGraph is a geospatial data company that uses anonymized and aggregated location data to provide insights. So the two data sets that are getting the most play through the consortium are, one, a social distancing data set, which helps government agencies as well as academics understand how well each neighborhood is social distancing And the second most interesting data set is foot traffic to businesses derived from this anonymized mobile location data that helps organizations understand which sectors and which industries and which types of businesses are the most hard hit by coronavirus in terms of it from an economic perspective. And for both of these, this is data derived from the locations over time of cell phones then, correct? Yes. We work with an underlying mobile location data panel that's derived from 45 million devices, and we take this at an anonymized and aggregated level to create all our different insights. So it's not so much ever about an individual device, but more so how when you look at a whole bunch of devices to create anonymized insights um, at a place level or at a neighborhood level. And how closely together can this data determine people are? So it isn't so much used for understanding population density, but more so used to understand, for example, in social distancing, what proportion of households are staying in per day in each neighborhood, where a neighborhood is a census block group, about 1,500 households. So that's kind of a proxy for how well people are doing at social distancing and staying indoors. I see. So that if you wanted to, say, find out how many individuals are visiting a particular bar or the deserving drinks on the street, for example, in a city, could you find that out? Yes, we'd be able to do it. But overall, we've been able to see that most business foot traffic is down. Um, But this helps organizations understand what neighborhoods within their own locales might need extra resources or messaging to help spread the word to stay at home. Got it. In normal times, then, this type of data would be used by a business to understand the patterns of its customers and how it might adapt itself to suit those. Absolutely, Tom. Uh, Normally, it's used by retailers to figure out where to open up their next store for site selection. It's used by finance companies to understand how foot traffic is going to a store like Starbucks and whether to long or short a stock. It's used by advertisers to help with location-based advertising. In normal times, a lot of different use cases, but right now we're all in on fighting coronavirus with data. Sure. And uh, for purposes of coronavirus or any other purpose, is it possible to know anything about the populations, like any other demographics about them? Absolutely. So we're reporting data only at the census block group level, and the U.S. Census itself has given data about each of these census block groups, about 1,500 households. So you're able to kind of do analysis on 
what neighborhoods are doing the best at social distancing and then what demographic attributes about those neighborhoods might be correlated to how well they're social distancing. And that is definitely an, an area of research um, for these academics who are trying to understand how does response to coronavirus differ due to socioeconomic factors. We're speaking with Nick Singh. He's the marketing head at SafeGraph. And what other types of data sets then are going into the consortium to go along with the two data sets that SafeGraph is offering? Yes. Uh, we have a transaction data set uh, created by our partners at Facetis, or formerly known as Arm Insight. That has anonymized credit card transaction data, which is another way for you to understand how is commerce happening at these individual locations, which is pretty interesting to a lot of economics professors as well as the Federal Reserve and other different government organizations who are trying to not only understand the humanitarian crisis, but really the economic crisis and recovery. Sure. And you've got some federal agencies also putting in data, or are they consumers of it? They're, they're consumers of it. They often, um, due to privacy reasons, they are mostly just consumers, but they will join SafeGraph data with their own internal data sets to come up with some really cool analyses. Sure. Do you know any agencies doing just that? Yes. The CDC actually just published a big report yesterday, which zoomed in on San Francisco, New York, New Orleans, and Seattle, and looked at how social distancing was occurring using SafeGraph data and combined it with data from local health departments around COVID cases. And they were able to show, uh, as well as data on when different orders were given to stay at home. And this was actually some of the first large-scale evidence of people actually listening to the social distancing orders and then following suit and actually staying at home. And we may intuitively know this to be true, that there's definitely a lot less people at the streets, but it's still pretty cool um, from these researchers and academics to really have the proof from the data to show, wow, these stay-at-home orders, people are actually listening to them. Um, and that's from the CDC as of yesterday. I guess you could use the same data mashups to maybe disprove some popular shibboleths too and maybe fine-tune the whole response. Absolutely. People are using this data to understand if there are already neighborhoods that are doing great at social distancing, maybe you don't need as much advertising or community enforcement or outreach in those neighborhoods, and you can better use the resources for neighborhoods that really do need that help. The way I hear this is that federal agencies or any law enforcement agencies at any governmental level or health agencies could take a risk management approach to how they deploy their resources. Absolutely. That is how this data is being used because, you know, we have finite resources and it's all hands on deck. So if anything's able to help them adjust their response and use their you know, finite resources more intelligently uh, through data, that's, that's exactly what they're doing. And tell us about how the consortium works itself. Is there a central location where data sets can be downloaded and how does that all work? Yeah, we, it's all thanks to our partners at Slack. They've helped us create a free Slack community for these thousand different plus organizations. So in that Slack community, we're all chatting about the data, different Government organizations are asking different academics for help with understanding the data, massaging the data, and that's also where uh, we've given instructions on how these people, uh, these consortium members, are able to access our data for free. And just to back up with the 45 million devices that you can have a fabric of data for to track, sure. are these people that have opted into something, or is it from the carriers, or how does that work? Yeah, this is all from opted-in devices. So we all get this data from a different data supplier. And how it works is 
that different data supplier is getting the underlying data from mobile phones via apps. So this is not cell, uh, not based on cell carrier data, but more so GPS data collected through SDKs from these mobile apps that are in the health safety navigation space, and it's 100% opted in. It's also California Privacy Act compliant. So in signing up for these apps, in the terms, it's explicitly written that data is being used in this way. So if you allow an app to access your location data, you might be doing some public good, in other words. In a way, yes. And it's very important for us to emphasize that all of this analysis is not based on any one individual device. It's all about aggregated and anonymized insights at a neighborhood level or at a point of interest level. So it's never so much about tracking an individual and seeing where they go, trying to do contact tracing for just one device, anything like that. It's all about just at the neighborhood level when you're looking at groups of 1,500 households, what can we kind of approximate as the group behavior? Nick Singh is marketing head at SafeGraph. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Stay up to date on your agency's latest responses to coronavirus. Visit our special resource page at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is sponsored in part by U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card. There are plenty of shopping cards out there. The last thing I need is more store-branded cards, and that got me thinking. What if I could earn more, like 6% cash back, but with one card at all of my favorite stores? Well, the folks at U.S. Bank are on it. Check out the U.S. Bank Shopper Cash Rewards Visa Signature Card. It can earn you up to 6% cash back. 6%, not bad. Check out usbank.com slash shopper to learn more. It's easy. You just grab your shopping list and shop two of your favorite retailers for up to 6% cash back. And you can change your two selections every quarter. I'm talking 24 different big-name retailers like Amazon, Walmart, Target. That would be good enough, but this card can also earn you up to $250 cash back after you spend $2,000 within the first 120 days of opening your account. And who doesn't do that at Amazon, Walmart, or Target, for God's sake? You can also earn up to 3% cash back from your choice of one everyday category like gas and EV charging stations, bills and utilities, or wholesale clubs. Plus, you'll earn 1.5% cash back on all other eligible purchases You deserve premium awards, and the U.S. Bank Shopper Cash Rewards card is here for you. Learn more at usbank.com slash shopper and start earning. Limited time offer. The creditor and issue of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.